Hi, this is Serge Corgin coming to you live from ACC 2017. I'm joined today by Dr. Davis, who's um, here to discuss the uh, results of the Defined Flare trial. Hello, Dr. Davis. Hi. Thank you for joining us. No worries. Very nice to be here. Thank you. Um, tell us a little more about, um, you know, the background on IFER and, you know, why you guys decided to do this trial. Sure. Uh, it all started in 2010. It uh, came out of a research project which I was leading, uh, and uh, we realized that it was possible to detect stenosis severity uh, in patients undergoing uh, PCI uh, without the requirement for a drug such as adenosine. And so we developed this technique and obviously published a whole lot of, of pilot data uh, and background data, which built the foundations for us to be able to uh, conduct a study such as Define Flare. Okay. So tell us a little more about the study design. Okay. So the study design, there are a couple of key points here which differentiate it from any of the other randomized clinical trial data on physiology. If you speak to the guys who are setting the, uh, the rules for the appropriate use criteria, they say, we take data such as FAME and FAME2, and we, which is performed in a patient population which has very tight lesions, and then try and extrapolate that to the general clinical patient population. And what we did is went the other way around. We started off by saying which patients are being evaluated day in, day out in the cath lab. And we say we want to recruit those patients into our study. Mm -hmm. So essentially we took 2,500 of those patients. Patients were uh, randomized one-to-one -one into either receiving an IFR guided therapy using a single cut point of less than or equal to 0.89 or FFR of less than or equal to 0.80. And then essentially, we, uh, if they, the values were significant, they got treated. And they could be treated by any revascularization route uh, offered by the, the physician. So that could be PCI or it could be bypass surgery. And if the value was outside of this range for treatment, they were obviously deferred. Everyone was followed up uh, for a period of one year, which is the data we're reporting at ACC. And uh, essentially looking at these uh, patients for a composite endpoint, that's the, the, the primary endpoint of uh, MACE, which is uh, death, unplanned revascularization, and non-fatal myocardial infarction. There are a few other really, I suppose, very unique features of this study which differentiate from any other randomized clinical trial in physiology. It's very large. So it's as large as all the data we've got to date put together. The other thing which uh, is unique is that we've blinded the, the, the uh, the patients and the follow-up teams uh, from the arm of the study they're in, and this is the first. And we've also really looked very hard to ensure we're getting very high-quality physiology data. So every single measurement which was taken has a screenshot captured, which then gets uploaded uh, to, for the core lab to review. So we ensure there's no drift, we ensure there's proper normalization and high fidelity of measurement. So we do that. So we've really been as careful as we think we can be to ensure that the, the study's been conducted with the most rigorous set of ground rules ever for a physiology study. Very interesting. Um, and what did you find? So the principal finding here, uh, the study was looking at the non-inferiority of IFR compared to FFR, and we confirmed that the IFR was indeed uh, non-inferior to FFR. By some margin, we clearly met the 95% uh, confidence interval that we're looking to achieve. And um, all of the uh, components of the primary endpoint were also obviously uh, non-significant as well. So a very nice reassuring uh, result. The other findings and the other ob observations uh, which we found from the study were twofold. One, we looked at patient symptoms and signs during the procedure. And broadly speaking, in the IFR group, about 3% of uh, patients reported symptoms or physicians reported adverse signs such as uh, developing hypotension, chest pain or shortness of breath. In the FFR arm, there was tenfold more. 
so over 30%, uh, and most commonly uh, breathlessness and chest pain. Uh, other serious features that we should also uh, discuss which were, were reported by uh, the investigators were in the IFR arm there was one case uh, of bronchospasm and remember this is the whole PCI procedure and the investigation as mm -hmm. well and the FFR arm there were seven cases of bronchospasm and one case of ventricular tachycardia requiring cardioversion due to the adenosine. The final thing which we looked at here was to look at the time of the procedure. Now remember this is the whole time, so it's the time for evaluation, time for treatment if needed. Uh, on a, uh, and on average, the time difference between the IFR and FFR arm was 4.5 minutes shorter in favour of IFR. And uh, this, this shows uh, a few things. I think that um, we can perform these tests uh, very safely using IFR. Uh, we can perform them uh, with fewer symptoms to patients. And obviously also increasingly as we have a higher burden of, uh, uh, of scrutiny in terms of economics, we can perform in a more cost-effective way. The other, I think, really interesting thing to look at is this is a very generalizable patient population. We recruited the study very fast, and uh, it was because it was patients coming into the cath lab who physicians were uncertain about the stenosis severity. Uh, and as a result, the, direct, the results we have today for these studies are are directly applicable to what's actually happening now in cath labs from around the world. Do you think adoption of IFR will be better than the adoption of FFR, given these Well, I hope, my, I think that the, 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 this study and its sister study, uh, Sweetheart, um, show that physiology uh, can help uh, identify patients who are more likely to benefit from uh, revascularization. Uh, we can certainly do that, I think, using IFR in a quicker and cheaper and more patient-friendly way. And I really hope the big winner here is physiology. So rather than trying to convert people from one technique to another, it would be better to try and get more physicians using these tools to enable more patients to really to benefit from the, these therapies. And I think the answer everyone is looking for is, can you defer treatment based on IFR? Yeah, I mean, we found this absolutely and very convincingly. Uh, if you look at MACE and you look at each of the, sec the composites of MACE, uh, there's a trend in every single one of these components in favour of IFR. Slightly more lesions were actually deferred by IFR. So the interesting thing here is, is we can put in a few less stents, do a few less bypass procedures and actually get equivalent outcomes using IFR when compared to FFR, which in a very pressured economic time is probably going to be attractive, I think, for a lot of uh, the insurance companies and, and regulatory bodies around the world. Um, Dr. Davis, congratulations on the trial, and thank you for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for watching. We're here live from ACC 2017.